something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the Bechdelcast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdelcast. Hello and welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name is... No, you keep talking. I'll be... I'll do the... Oh, um... My name is Durante. Caitlin Durante. I'm Jamie. James. Jamie. Jamie Loftus also. The beginning of the movie is fun, and then it's so long. <laughs> so. Oh, welcome. This is the Bechdel cast. It sure Tuh. is. Tuh. Uh, and what do we do here? What do we, who, what are we doing? What do we who do? We? Well, uh, this is a podcast about the role that women play in famous movies, whether they be main sidekicks, femme fatales, or sacrificial lambs. Hey. Yes, so we use the Bechdel test as a jumping off point to initiate a conversation about the representation of women in movies. Mm -hmm. And the Bechdel test, if you're not familiar, two female identifying characters, they should have names. Come on. First of all, okay? Yeah. They should be in the movie together. Mm -hmm. They should talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And they shouldn't talk about a man. Especially if that man is James Bond. I like to call him Jimmy Bond. I was I kept writing down Jimmy B. <laughs> Jimmy Bobo. <laughs> and then for our for our purposes, it just has to be a two-line exchange between two women and uh we'll find out later on if this uh movie passes. We have picked perhaps <laughs> it's a, it's kind of interesting that we it's taken us this long to get to this franchise. Yes. A notoriously toxic franchise. Uh-huh. That I'm excited to talk about. I know nothing about Jimmy Bobo, and so I did a lot of reading, did a lot of learning, Good. and boy, 
is this movie long? <laughs> it certainly is. Yeah. Without much further ado, let's introduce our guest, shall we? Let's do it. She is a, a New York comedian. Ever heard of it? <laughs> so sorry. Um, uh, you might have seen her on Laughs on Fox. She is the host of the Love About Town podcast. And if you're a matron, you might remember her from our Back to the Future episode. Yeah. It's Kenise Mobley. Hi. Hey. Welcome back. Thank you dun, for having dun. me. <laughs> it's Sorry, great it's, intro music. It's <laughs> really <laughs> exciting. Yeah. I should have. It's, uh, it's Mobley. Kenise Mobley. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Let me just keep doing that. <laughs> the course. I want to get bad iTunes reviews. I do it so many times. <laughs> so what's your relationship with this franchise okay so oh we're doing casino royale yes. by the way casino royale 2006. Is the movie. 2006 okay so when i was a kid i watched all of the pierce brosnan ones i went to the theater with my mom to watch them they are cheesy as hell but i yes. was like super into them like uh-huh. the tech is dumb the, they try to do some cgi stuff it's dumb yeah the relationship to the entire country of russia is very silly <laughs> They have Alan Cumming playing a Russian. Do you remember that one? I didn't no. know he was in a James Yes. Oh. Alan Cumming is a Russian jerk <laughs> in which programmer one? hacker. Whoa. Yes. Perfect for him. Goldeneye. Oh, shit. I played the video game Goldeneye. I don't know if I saw the movie. That's the only video game I've played more than once. And I work at a video game company. <laughs> they try to make me play video games, and I'm like, absolutely not. But I will fuck with some Goldeneye. Sure, sure, sure. Whoa. Oh, my God. I have to see Alan Cumming I know. playing I think a Russian villain. Like, especially Especially, like, uh, everyone's doing the most. Yeah. Like, n- none of the people they... I think it, Femke Jansen is not Russian, right? I don't believe <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, they have her being an evil lady who, like, chokes people with her thighs. It's like a whole thing. Oh, of course. Oh yeah, God. that's the like you're a lady. If you're a woman, you have to yeah. put your pussy in someone's face yeah, and then choke... Yeah. Yeah, when it. you guys mentioned that on another episode, I was like, they must have seen Femke Jansen <laughs> fucking people to death with her thighs. Like, it's a thing. Pierce Brosnan's so inherently silly, too. Like, you just, I feel like I just can't take him seriously. Like, maybe it's because I'm most familiar with his work in the Mamma Mia franchise. Ah, <laughs> but I'm just like, I can't take this guy seriously. Uh. I saw that for me, he starts off as Bond and then he goes Thomas Crown Affair, which Ooh, not a great, like okay. uh, representing mm-hmm. women, not great. No. But mm-hmm. oh man, I have a soft spot for it and I have to acknowledge that. But okay, so sure. <laughs> all that is preface to uh, the last one, I think with Pierce Brosnan was like 2000 or no, like 98 maybe. And then I heard that they were coming out with a new one. It was around my 21st birthday. I am older than you guys, but uh, so I think you're like a year older than me. <laughs> it's like crazy. It's like a whole different time. You don't get my references. I'm just like so old. So uh, yeah. So I heard that they were coming out with it, and I themed my entire 21st birthday party around oh James God. Bond. So I brought like um, like uh, the green felt stuff that covers like a table that you would sure. play poker on. I got like three handles of vodka to make vodka martinis with. Mm. Uh, not that many people came. I was not popular. Uh, so everyone who came, like, outside of me and the other people who were, like, playing poker the whole night, yeah. everyone else became shit-faced. And I turn around, and, like, everyone's just on the floor. And I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> successful party. Theme yeah. party. Yeah. Guess what the theme of my birthday party was last year? Paddington. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thanks, <Confirmed>. too. <laughs> 
Hell yeah. Was it Paddington, both Paddingtons or Paddington 2? It was basically just like dress as close to Paddington as you can. So everyone's dressed as Paddington? There's like literally someone wore a red hat and that was it. <laughs> we try- Okay, to be fair, it was in the de- the event description in the event I made and I didn't show up for Wow. <laughs> but it was hard. It's hard to get a Paddington outfit. I it didn't is. realize. Yeah. It you looks so simple. You can get a, a blue coat or jacket or shirt just yeah. a blue thing and there's and a, a red bucket hat yeah you think it'd be easier to find a red bucket hat? i feel like you gotta mm. go to venice beach yeah yeah like i think they're travel. selling them there yeah <laughs> you're gonna have to take a like the weed banner that's around the base of it you're gonna have to take that off but mm-hmm. once you do that sure then i think yeah, you're yeah, good yeah. a fun birthday though it was great i had a, such a good time hell yeah um so so then you saw the movie when it yes. came out yes and have you seen the other ones in this and i've seen the every other one yes okay cool uh, Same. In order, I will give them in quality, and if people disagree with me, they are wrong. Okay, takes. Uh, so first one, Skyfall. Duh. Best. I think Skyfall's best, okay. followed by Casino Royale, mm-hmm. followed by this may be controversial Quantum of Solace, and last is Spectre. Last is Spectre. I hated Spectre so much. Spectre is really bad. I would agree with you. I think I like Casino Royale a little better than Skyfall, but okay. I did enjoy Skyfall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, I feel like people shat on Quantum of Solace so hard. But like compared to it's like to Spectre it. was very very bad. Yeah, yeah. Is Spectre um, the most recent one? Yes. yes. Okay. Got Spectre it. is the one where he sleeps with a woman his age, and they're like, "Whoa, this is wild." Okay. <laughs> he he fucked Monica Bellucci. This is nuts. Even though she is like a supermodel who is his exact same age, they're right. like, "Oh my god!" Like inclusion is this <laughs> equality? <laughs> It was Weird. trash. Awesome. Yeah. Jamie, what's your history with Jimmy B? Nothing. <laughs> uh, I have no history nor attachment to Jimmy Bobo. <laughs> he seems like a he seems like he kinda hates women. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Does he? It's weird. I feel like most people have like some at least someone in their family like who is very into James Bond. I just didn't. I don't know what I don't know what it was. At Robot Chicken, there was a really funny sketch that got cut. Based around GoldenEye, a movie I haven't seen, but it was about peeing in someone's eyeball. That was kind of funny. Whoa, I'm, what? Because it would make your eye golden. It's like a golden shower oh, like into it. your eye. I really so, don't like it. Well, it, it, it got cut. That's, <laughs> and that's all I know about James Bond. Cool. Good, good, good. Yeah, what about you, Caitlin? I similarly had seen at least a few of the Pierce Brosnan ones. The one I remember most is the one that Halle Berry was in which i think was like right. early 2000s that w- i think that was like one of the last pierce if not Brothers. the yes. last one yeah i just remember her like being tied to a slab and of there's course. like a laser about to like Why slice not? her up <laughs> and then of course jimmy b has to come in and save her Bobo, and that was still pierce yeah it was. yeah yeah i only remember that one because that movie came out right after she won an oscar and people were like huh, huh. <laughs> that was like oh, yeah. the first For movie she did because that was like 2001 and then yeah this had to be like 2002 yeah i yeah. think so it was not good and it's either they all have the same name these movies it's like live another day die again tomorrow (laughs) tomorrow never dies tomorrow never dies (laughs) die another day because i remember that was like a song that was a song yeah yeah. who did that song madonna i think (gasps) (laughs) whatever it's fine i like that song i i honestly like most of the james bond songs and i cannot Accept this about myself, oh. but it is true. The Adele one is really good. Right? That Skyfall's great. Yeah. yeah. Patrice hates it. Patrice is my twin sister. None of you know her. Okay, cool. <laughs> but she complains about this song constantly because we constantly get in fights about James Bond. She thinks Quantum of Solace is the best because she's what? fucking crazy. <laughs> 
She's like, no, I studied geopolitics. Don't you and have I think the same brain <laughs> as t- your twin? Yeah. Wait, she, she's arguing the cultural importance of quantum of solids? Yeah, she's like, water rights are going to be a thing. Come on, guys. We got to get on board. And I'm like, I don't think that's a reason to like a film. I don't. Uh, so anyway, so I've, I've seen a few of those. I have seen all of the Daniel Craig ones. And then I hadn't seen any of like the ones from the Sean Connery era or like Roger Moore, any of those older ones. So I was like, maybe for this episode, I should just go and watch one of them, see how it goes. So I started... Gold member or gold finger? Again, they all have the same. Gold member is awesome powers. Cool. So not that one. (laughs) So gold finger. Yes. And I saw the first five minutes of it. And within the first five minutes, you see a naked woman in a bathtub. She gets out and starts kissing James Bond, who this one is a, Sean, a Connery one. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, who is a notorious uh, advocate for women. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Feminist icon, Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Um, yep. So he starts kissing her while she is still naked and he is fully clothed. Ew. And then a bad guy comes in to attack Bond. And so Bond flings her around and uses her as a human shield. What? And that results in the Whoa. bad guy bludgeoning her on the head. And then I was like, Hot. I've seen enough. Yeah, this is- I get it. I understand what the, yeah. this movie is going to be. So uh, yeah, I can't get yeah. behind anything before Pierce Brosnan. I saw From Russia with Love or mm-hmm. Two. Ru- you get it. Um, <laughs> he hits a lady in it, and they're just like, of course. Right. I was like, there, like, hits her in the face. I'm like, why are we doing this? There's a number of super cuts out there of like old school James Bond just straight up abusing women, like, Treating them badly, physically abusing yeah. them, like it, it being race. It's like he's just horrible. Mm-hmm. Not um, it's weird. And then it's like by comparison, like a lot of stuff I was reading about Casino Royale was like, well, by comparison, he's actually a militant feminist in this movie. And you're like, I guess if he was beating women up and now it's, I don't know. Uh, I'll do the recap. It, I couldn't tell you what happens in this movie, really. <laughs> I know there's a card game. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm here to tell you what happens. You know, the accountants also have to sort of be, pretend to be people's girlfriends sometimes. Right. Yeah, kind that, of part of every accountant's job. She is not a spy, but they're like, let's yeah. bring, like, she's undercover spy training? now. She's <laughs> right. literally like the assistant comptroller or something. They're, <laughs> just, they're like, no, you gotta be hot. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> they, I think they did what they did in Miss Congeniality, where they were just like scanned through the computer and was like, who works here? And then yeah. they just threw her into this. Yeah, yeah, which of you is, at least, but she was like already an undercover FBI agent. Was she? Yeah. In oh, Miss Congeniality? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is like someone with no fight training, right. who's never seen anyone die, who like doesn't know how to be discreet in any way. Like, right. Yeah. And then he's like, wear this dress. <laughs> You're my wife now. Oh my God. That dress. I was like, I don't think I've seen anything that's more 2006 than that dress and that hairstyle together. Mm-hmm. I was amazed. But I was furious when she's like, in a, we'll get to it. But she's like just sitting in a shower. I was like, bitch, that dress costs like $10,000. Like, I get that you're sad, but like all you had to do was like take the dress off and then sit in the shower. Like, fuck out of here. Like, that's ridiculous. Okay, sorry. Continue. It's, it's, a, it's a really, every prom dress from that era looks exactly like yes. that dress with like the rhinestones down, uh-huh. the plunging neckline and the straightened hair. It's like, okay, okay, eighth grade semi Okay, so the story of Casino Royale, uh, there's an opening scene. It's in black and white, and it's basically just establishing 
there's a new James Bond in town. <laughs> Daniel <he> gets, Craig. Because <laughs> he's gotten promoted to double O status, or he will once he kills this double crossing agent dude. And then we see all that happen, and we're like, wow, James Bond is cool. He's gritty now. Yeah. So we cut to Madagascar, where Bond is after a bomb maker. Uh, and there's sure. this huge parkour chase right. through a construction site that ends with James Bond killing the guy and blowing up an embassy. So, so that's very cool. Yep, that was great. And we were supposed to be like, yay! yay! Yeah, I was like, <laughs> he got uh, promoted! This is in Madagascar. Like, they need the infrastructure. And yeah. that whole sequence yeah. resulted in, like, the destruction of a high-rise building. Uh-huh. And I'm like... Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, what you're trying to save, like, you could have just saved money by, like, not doing any of that. Right. Yeah. yeah this yeah, is yeah. a sequence that only could have been made during the Bush administration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Just the number of black bodies that are just, like, falling from the sky, like, well, collateral damage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to talk about that a, a little later on. Meanwhile, there's this bad guy, Le Chiffre. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. Say it again. Le, le Chiffre. Yeah. <laughs> And that's uh, Mads Mikkelsen's character. Hell yeah. Um, and he's free bleeding out of his eye, <laughs> you know. It's a feminist text. Uh, and he Where's is... his eyeball diva cup? <laughs> 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 he is taking money from bad guys in Uganda to invest in bad things. I'm not really sure. Um <laughs> And then he's he's playing poker. He loves poker. He's on a yacht. He's got a girlfriend who I don't know if she even has a line in the entire movie. She's his girlfriend, and yet she is seventeen. That actress, <laughs> She's very uh, young. The actress that plays his girlfriend was in. Oh, it's got Monica Potter and Freddie Prince Jr. And she oh. has to blend in with a bunch of models to like. Oh. For some reason, because they think he killed somebody. She's in that, but <laughs> wow. she's also in. She's one of the Americans in Love Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. With like January Jones? Yeah, with January Jones Whoa. and okay. Denise Richards. Oh, Denise right. Richards shows up later. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's okay. one of those ladies. Awesome. Like, I am a model and this is all I do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I gave her that accent, but given her face, I think it makes sense. But like, no, I yeah. buy it. Okay. Wait, Ivana, her name's Ivana Milikovic? Then yeah, that accent made sense. Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. Hell yeah. Uh, Russians, please do not be mad at me. I'm so sorry. So we're back in London, and Bond is hacking. He's finding finding stuff out about something called ellipsis. And then he breaks into his boss's house. That's M, played by Dame Judi Dench. And she's like, Bond, like you shouldn't have killed that guy. You shouldn't have blown up that embassy. <laughs> Baldest uh, woman in charge. Lo- yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. But she's like, you need to look at the bigger picture. Like, who hired that bomb maker? We don't know that because you killed him. And then she, like, basically, she's like, quit being such an arrogant wanker and never come to my house again. And, God, every time they cut to Judy Dunn, she's in this ornate room and she's super concerned. Except, yes. And then sometimes she's on, like, a patio and she's super concerned. <laughs> right. And then Bond goes to the Bahamas. He's driving a Ford 
Yeah. Oh my God. The product placement in Casino Royale is so funny. He's always texting people on his Sony Ericsson phone. <laughs> yeah. And then in the closing scene, after spoiler alert, his lover dies. He's on a Sony Vio laptop. Oh like, gosh. okay, Judy Dench. I'll come I'm back. over it. <laughs> <laughs> like, a lot of, lot of Sony product yeah. placement. Yeah. But I was like, Bond doesn't drive a Ford. Anyway, so he's driving around a Ford and then he finds this guy named Alex Demetrios who is up to no good. No. And he is a known associate of Le Chiffre. <laughs> <laughs> this is my new favorite. <laughs> um, and this guy, Demetrios, he's got a hot wife. He's got an Aston Martin. He is playing poker as well. So Bond joins in on this poker game and he wins Demetrios's car and money and wife. Um, you know how that works. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. the top three possessions yes. of any man. <laughs> And he finds out from her that Demetrios is getting this flight to Miami. So Bond follows him to Miami. He realizes that there's some terrorists who are targeting this large plane to blow it up. The shots of the plane are so... It's shot like it's a cock. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the... The, the shots of the plane are extremely phallic. I went back and watched them twice of like, what an interesting, like, you didn't need to do that. Well, it's basically. But it looks like a, like, uh, They're like, it's like the biggest plane yeah. ever to fly the sky. It's basically right. Titanic. They're like, I want to marvel the speed. Right. <laughs> it's filmed like it's a huge dick. Like, yeah. it's just. That, that's it's the Titanic of the maybe. skies. Yeah. I, was in a, I was like, okay, this, is the, this was the choice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anyway. So <laughs> Bond stops this from happening. He, he stops the explosion. And then Le Chiffre was counting on the plane exploding because it would have done something to the, the stocks. stocks yeah. Which I don't understand how making the stocks lower would have made him money. I don't you understand the stock it, market. You can... And I only sort of know this because of the big short, but you can okay. like, you can you can bet against, against yeah a, a certain outcome. I think that sounds that's that's wild. Ta da! <laughs> Yay, that that feels like it should be illegal. Oh, but it, anyway, but in, in, I will say in that scene uh, where they talk about like oh he was supposed to make all this money from this plane being exploded, it didn't mm -hmm. work. They also say, like, someone did, he also did this on 9 11. And they, like, very much so gloss over yeah. that. Yeah. They're like, yeah, he did all this and he made a fortune on 9 12. And I'm like, so wait, 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 wait. In this movie's logic, <laughs> Le Chiffre did 9 11 and it's only mentioned once and we never talk about it again. And he, like, made a lot of money off of 9 11. Oh. That's like a one off Judy Dench line. Yeah, she says one line about it. And I'm like, so we're not, we're not going to go back to that? And Daniel Craig <sighs> is like, yeah. Yep. Cool. So this movie is suggesting know. that Le Chiffre Mads did 9-11. Did 9-11. Yeah. I mean. Wow. Anyway. Dark, well, that's dark wild. Days. So Le Chiffre. Oh, my God. Le Chiffre. <laughs> Le Chiffre. Le Chiffre. He has to recoup all that lost money. So now he is setting up a very high stakes poker game at Casino Royale in Montenegro. <sighs> Bad writing. <laughs> Um, there's 10 players, it's a $10 million buy-in, and he's hoping that he will, because he's so good at poker, he'll sweep everyone out, he'll get everyone's money. But guess who's going to be one of the players? It's our friend, Jimmy B. <gasps> Jimmy Bobo at the table, <laughs> playing the cards. Because mm -hmm. he's also good at poker, because he's good at everything. Yep. And then Vesper Lind shows up, that's mm -hmm. uh, Ava Green's character. And she's with the Treasury who is fronting the $10 million for Bond's buy-in. 
and she's cute, you know, and they have some cheeky banter. They have some cheeky banter. Mm -hmm. This is the first, this is canonically the first smart woman James Bond has ever spoken to. Yes. (laughs) It's wild. And then, as you hinted at, Jamie, they have to, like, assume these alter egos because they're going undercover. But immediately, Bond is like, I'm not Mr. Beach. I'm James Bond. Because, you know, he's an an arrogant wanker. Yeah. And then they have to pretend to be a couple. and They have to. Yeah, even though they don't have this cover story anymore, they need to. Right. The logic of why they have to be a couple is wild. And, like, the logic of when you have, like, there's that scene where he brings her the dress. And then Mm. he's like, when you go down to kiss my neck. Well, you want them to look at your neck. So that, I was like, this is a bad plan. This is a perverted yes. bad plan. It yeah. certainly is. Also, I mean, wouldn't it be crazy if, like, women were playing this poker game? Like, There are a few then, women at yeah. the table. There is. There's the Asian lady who was at the – she was also on the yacht with Le Chiffre earlier. She, has, oh, okay. she never says anything oh, throughout the movie. Right. Nope. She appears in these two pivotal scenes but has no name and no lines. Right. Um, Maybe she did 9-11. Maybe. And then, it's like there's a story to be told. Someone at that poker table did 9-11. There, the dealer is a woman. Okay, yeah. I believe. Mm. But yeah, there's, other than that, no. women aren't allowed yeah. to play poker. And don't talk in that scene. No, right. yeah. not at all. But before that, they link up with this guy, Mathis, because uh, he's their like contact for this mission. And the players assemble. They have to enter this password in, in the event that they win so that the money will be wired to them. And then the game begins. It's Texas Hold'em. Uh, Bond and Le Chiffre are very good at poker. And Bond discovers Le Chiffre's tell, which is that his eye twitches when he bluffs. So he has to, like, cover it up. And then there's a break in the game during which Bond fights and kills a bunch of bad guys who are trying to kill Le Chiffre because he lost them the money. And then Bond gets all cleaned up and he's like, I'm back, baby. Here to play more poker. And then Bond loses all his money because he thought Le Chiffre was bluffing because he was doing his tell, but turns out he wasn't bluffing and he had the winning hand. So he needs $5 million to buy back in. And Vesper's like, no, you're you're an arrogant wanker. I'm not going to give you the money. And he's like, man. <laughs> but this CIA dude who is also undercover and also playing is like, hey, I'll buy you back in as long as the CIA gets to take Le Chiffre. And he's like, Great. Deal. He says my favorite line in the whole movie, which is Jeffrey Wright being like, Does it look like we need the money? <laughs> and I don't know why. I love it. It's, it's delivered in this very throaty way. Yeah. I, yeah. Like it works for me every single time. I love it so much. And when okay. he said it, I was like, I actually don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> maybe they, I, I think maybe they could use the money. Is the CIA just like rolling? That's what right. I think everyone thinks about our government. <laughs> They're just like, like, We don't give a shit. Here's a billion dollars. We literally throw this away. Right. I was thrilled to see Jeffrey Wright in this movie. Yes. I didn't know he was in this movie. I was like, Thank God. <laughs> so then the game starts up again but before anything can happen uh Le Chiffre poisons bond um and he goes into cardiac arrest but luckily there's a defibrillator in his car as there would be yeah and then vesper has to like come in and, and save him she saves him but then mm-hmm. she's kidnapped yeah shit and it's the final phase of the game everyone is all in and guess who wins it's our friend Jimmy Bobo. Jimmy Bobo. It's <laughs> uh, something like $150 million. And he somehow figures out that Mathis is a bad guy. And then he like runs out to go do something about that. And then Vesper gets kidnapped right then. 
he goes after her. They're both captured by like the sheep's goons. <laughs> And he tortures Bond by hitting him in the balls. A lot. A lot. And hard. Hard. And a what lot. What a... Did not see this kinky ball play scene coming. Because he strips him down totally naked. It makes him yep. sit on a chair without any, like... He could have left his shirt on for the purposes of this type of torture, but sure. Okay. We have Insane. to see Jimmy B's nipples. Yeah. I mean, I was, and I was thrilled. Mm-hmm. I was thrilled. But what a, what a wild sexually charged scene. Yeah. Because he's trying to get the password that Bond had entered so he can steal all the money back from him. But Bond refuses. And then someone comes in and kills the sheaf and uh, leaves Bond and Vesper alive. So then the money gets transferred to Bond. You know, Vesper's like, I have the account number and you have the password. And he reveals that the password was Vesper because he's in love with her and they're in love now. Ugh. She took Hot. way too long to recognize that it was her name. It's like a six <laughs> letter thing. And he's like, V, E, S. S. And it isn't until P where she's like, oh, wait, what? Wait. <laughs> and I was like, that's like what my name. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and also she starts loving him for no reason, but suddenly they're in love. Or at least, I guess she's pretending. I don't know. But they go on holiday in Europe, and they're riding around on a boat. And he is, there's Staying Wi-Fi on the boat, nice, apparently. Yeah, yeah his, Sony Vias out. His penis <laughs> recovered, is there what they want you to know. They're like, mm-hmm. There's a scene where she literally weeps, like, even if it's just a finger left. And he's like, oh, yeah. Hey, babes. Cock still works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he decides to quit being a spy because he loves her so much. He, like, emails M with his resignation letter from a boat that apparently has Wi-Fi. Anyway. But then he's like, wait, something is wrong. And the money is not in the account that it's supposed to be in. And he realizes that Vesper stole it. So he goes after her. There's a big fight. A building collapses into the sea. (laughs) And then she lets herself drown and die. Yeah. What? (laughs) Not sure. And then M is like, oh, she was being blackmailed by the chief's people who kidnapped her boyfriend. So that's why she betrayed Bond. This is all delivered so last minute. And like yeah. Judy Dench says it all in one breath. <laughs> she and says you're it. like, what? She's like, hey, uh, BT Dubs, we found out this person that we were working, like that was working for us, uh, has been against us this whole time, is completely compromised. <laughs> Like, this is her dating history. Like, yeah. the amount they were able to discover <laughs> so quickly After makes it fact, seem like it yeah. was very obvious. And right. then, yeah, and then, like, Judy Dent is like, yeah, bummer we didn't figure that out earlier. Anyways, that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I th- but we were, she, she starts off as being so thorough and then is like, well, Eva Green's dead. Should have seen it coming, didn't see it coming. What are you going to do? Come back to work, maybe? Yeah. And he's like, okay. And somehow this is the easiest Daniel Craig Bond movie to follow because I like really? Quantum of Solace and Spectre are unfollowable. <laughs> Skyfall is pretty easy too, but yeah. like you're just like, what? Yeah. yeah. Um, we need to take a quick break, but we will come right back in a second. Yep. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. 
something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) We're back. Here we are. I think that was a good transition back. (laughs) Uh, All right, where do we where to begin? Where to? I mean, well, I I want to because you both have far more experience with this franchise as a whole than me. I wanted to talk about the concept of a Bond girl, Please. in general, because it seems like Eva Green is one of the Bond girls that is treated slightly better than a lot of other women in the franchise and I was I, d- I did some reading about this but I was curious about your impressions on uh, Vesper I like that she at least has an active role like in a lot of the Pierce Brosnan ones it's a woman who like hey I was going about my life living it and somehow I'm tied up in this international intrigue mm. and oh no someone's trying to kill me and I have no preparation for this and I just run around and scream a lot yeah yeah so thankfully this isn't I mean she does do her fair amount of screaming but at least she has like a reason to be there and some sort of training and she gets to make some decisions even though they're immediately overridden so right yeah it's weird it's because she does part- uh, she participates in the narrative more than I expected just like with the reputation of the James Bond franchise but it's still so like she participates in that fight where James Bond kills two men in mm-hmm. front of her but yeah. she only only for like a second she like yeah. gets the gun out of his hand and that's it or she prevents James Bond from being poisoned but then two seconds later she's kidnapped yeah. and like yeah like it's like you're saying her, her most of the stuff she contributes is overwritten right away and yeah. she's mostly just like James Bond you're not as cool as you think you are and then he does but- something that proves that he's that cool and you're like okay really <laughs> <laughs> so you just you're just saying she's wrong that's the whole okay right I would argue that 
her involvement in the story doesn't make that much sense because the position that she's put in is like the representative of the treasury that's fronting the money. Like, as we already kind of hinted at, like, she has no like spy training. The fact that she's thrown into this undercover mission as a spy. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when they shot this, she's 26. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's a 12 year age gap with and the age gap. It's sad that I'm like, that was less of an age gap than I thought. But was, yeah. 12 year age gap between these actors just hmm. for for curious listeners. Right. Yeah. So she's thrust into the story in this like spy role that she has no training for. Yeah, and she's then, an accountant, right? A sexy accountant. But it's it's clear that the whoever crafted this story was like, well, we need a woman there to keep being there so that he has someone to kiss. So like, oh, we'll just take this treasury woman. But like, her role as like a representative of the treasury, and then her ongoing role based on that, like that doesn't make sense. But they're just like, well, we need this beautiful woman here, so yeah. let's keep her, you know, keep from, her around. From what I know, and I'm sure that James Bond fans are going to slide into our mentions for this episode. It's inevitable. Sure. I'm still traumatized from Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I believe that Casino Royale, this is adapted from one of the first, if not the first, James Bond stories ever written. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how closely, I know like all the main players that are in this movie are included in that story, but I don't know how far this deviates from the Ian Fleming original this movie had also previously been adapted in the 60s too i think there's another casino, casino royale, royale. yeah based on like, based on the one? novel yeah, yeah oh wow yeah. Uh, is that a connery one do we know i don't i'll fact check it really okay. quick uh just to 1967 david niven the first james bond okay yeah there's there's a there's a few bonds that were only in like one or two movies yeah. and Peter then Sellers is in it. Mm. Oh, okay. So in the original one, uh, Ursula Andress plays Vesper Lynn and David Niven plays Sir James Bond. Okay. Um, in the 1967 one. Got uh, it. So also, and, and it is Casino Royale. It's the first, uh, James Bond novel, first Ian Fleming novel. Oh, ever. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, but not the first Bond movie. Cause there were, had been a few before that, I believe in the earlier sixties. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I had a little bit of, did a little bit of research about the history of Bond girls. They do tend to fall into three categories, main sidekick, femme fatale, sacrificial lamb, all three of which are like, not every story has all three. Casino Royale does. According to this, uh, the main si- sidekick would be Vesper Lind, the femme fatale would be Valenka, uh, and the sacrificial lamb would be uh, Solange Dimitrios, the, uh. the wife. Okay. Wait, uh, who is the femme fatale? Uh, Valenka. The one who poisons him. Le Chiffre. Yeah. Uh, his girlfriend. Oh. Yeah. She makes a mean face while she poisons okay. someone. So. Right. Got it. So these are the three main categories of Bond girl. Apparently it's Ian Fleming, who seems generally pretty pretty gross <laughs> and uh, misogynist, um, but he says that the inspiration for all of the Bond girls that appear in the franchise ever are based around this woman named Muriel Wright who he met when she was 26, and he was not 26. Um, She was an independently wealthy model who was devoted to Fleming despite his repeated unfaithfulness, and then she died in an air raid. 
Oh. And okay. So then Ian Fleming was like, I'll honor her memory by <laughs> being rude to women until I die. <laughs> right. Because if we story. break down those three Bond girl roles, it's yeah. a woman who has to die to further the plot. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a woman who doesn't really get her own story. She's just attached to the male hero's Berlin, story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it is an evil, devious woman because women be manipulative. And, like, not just that, but, like, the using her sexuality for evil. Right. Yeah. And there's there's a few other, like, tropes of the Bond girl that – and there's so many that no one character – like, there's no complete through lines – But several Bond girls have obvious signs of inner turmoil and others have traumatic pasts. Uh, Several have unhappy sexual backgrounds that we know about. So Roald Dahl wrote the screenplay to... uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? You only live twice. <laughs> oh, okay. There's Sorry, that's all. All these 1970s like children's authors like Shel Silverstein, Roald Dahl, they're out there doing pervy weird stuff on the side. So he wrote th- this, but he said that when he was writing that screenplay, he was explicitly told he was advised to use three Bond girls. The first should die, preferably in Bond's arms early in the movie. The second, a villain whom Bond seduces before she dies in an unusual and gory way midway through the movie. And the third, who survives until the end of the film. So this is like baked into the formula. Yeah. um, To the point where they would just tell a writer like these three things should happen. I mean, we're just looking around the room of the three of us. Like obviously one of us is a femme fatale. Obviously one Mm -hmm. of us is a sacrificial lamb and one of us is uh, the sidekick. The three categories of women. Yeah. So it actually lines up pretty well. It's actually very accurate for women. Yeah. I mean, that's where we've all been there. (laughs) (laughs) At one point we've all been all of these. Wow. Because women women contain multitudes. Oh my god! Wow. Uh, can we talk about the sacrificial lamb first? I guess. Oh, yes. Okay. I have. So I, I took a lot of notes during yes. this movie. Yay. I was in a Starbucks in Culver City <laughs> yesterday, Brag. just going nuts. Like, yeah. wow, wow. And all of my lines begin with "Okay, well," <laughs> uh, because, like, even okay, we first see her. She's riding on a horse on the beach, and the people yes. on the beach are Insane. happy to see this. And I'm like, that is fucking disgusting there's poop everywhere <laughs> and they have these three random black kids who are just like smiling and running yeah. after her they even do, the horse yeah. yeah they do like a close-up of these smiling black kids face and i'm like for what <laughs> right <laughs> oh black people co-sign so it's like <laughs> sensual and meaningful it's very oh i was so so dumb it is and so then, strange yeah we're supposed to believe that she's like this poorly treated, put upon woman because she goes into the casino, she hugs Demetrius, and he's like, you're two hours late. And then she <laughs> looks at James Bond like, see how I'm treated? But if you were two hours late to a date with me, I'm sorry, I have the right to be mad. I'd be like, you're two hours late. And then she was like, oh, sorry, I was out on a horse. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I'm late. I'm furious. <laughs> I was like, you, why, no, you're the jerk in this scenario. And Bond says... He negs her outside of the car. He's like, because she's like, oh, I don't go home with strange men. And he's like, maybe you're just out of practice. Where it's like, <laughs> I shouldn't have to prove that I fuck. I'm married. Right. This so much of the Buscemi test can be applied to this movie. Oh where yes. If if Steve Buscemi says that to a woman outside of a car, even she if runs he, away, yes. even she if he has away. an Aston Martin, she's you still get like, it? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. If Steve Buscemi says, "Have you gone home with a strange man recently?" <laughs> yeah. They exchange maybe like six lines of dialogue and she gets into this stranger's car. And I was like, 
I know what happens to her. Like, I've seen this movie before, and I feel less bad because she's clearly not protect. Like, she's random strangers. Right. Anybody. She's also this, like, you know, exotic beauty with this, like, European accent, like, an Italian accent kind of thing. And Yeah, it's like, (laughs) Daniel Craig is ugly hot, okay? Like, this is a category of men. He is ugly hot. I'm into it. It's definitely my type. Mm -hmm. But to act like this woman, who is clearly with some sort of millionaire man who lives on a fucking beach, is going to be like, oh, boxer face over here? That's who I want (laughs) to... Get you with just have boxer face. fuck off! Right. Like what? Like she would have been fucking a bellboy so long ago. I have so many issues with that. <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, just like the whole building. I know it's like so baked into his character, but the idea that James Bond, regardless of which actor is playing him, is just inherently irresistible to all women because it's like even his smaller interactions with women because he you know flirts with a number of like secretaries and yes. concierges and they're all like oh. yes and it's like you wouldn't do that to any random daddy off the street which is ultimately who Jan- he's like yeah. an upper scale good looking dad yeah you wouldn't act that way. The, the, the receptionist at that the hotel or whatever in the Bahamas mm. is like fucking him with her eyes. And I'm like, why? She like, has to like change her pants. Like, yeah, she's like, right. you, you a man? <laughs> a regular ass looking dude? Oh my God. Also, they and this is a pet peeve of mine. In this movie, outside of the concierge lady, none of the people who work for this hotel are white. And then so the oh, idea yeah. that this like... James Bond is going to be just tying his shoe and someone's going to be like, hey, you. And I'm like, oh, no. They would have been like, where's the black person that parks our car? Like, it just, it drove me insane. But I do look forward to a future when white people are also accused of working wherever they happen to be. Like that. <laughs> right. I was like, I progress? But no. Right. But what? No. Oh, my God. And this, I mean, this is on topic for what you were just saying. But, like, the way that Africans are treated in this movie. Yeah. Is because you see scenes in Uganda and in Madagascar. Yeah. And it's, you can tell the difference because in Uganda, the black people are very shiny and sweaty. Mm. And in Madagascar, they are dusty. And <laughs> that means we are in a different place. Right. Yes. <laughs> it's uh, raining in one place and not in the uh-huh, other. Uh-huh. And I feel like this is very common of a lot of movies, especially of this genre. But if you see Africans, they are all like militant militia like money power grubbing like just violent people and largely used as scenery yes yeah like when they like they follow little black kids running around and it's like hey you know exotic it's like yeah i hate that and then the in the scene where james bond kills those two guys in the stairwell yeah one of them is fighting with a machete and i find that like I wish they would stop making Africans fight with machetes like Africa. Like these people have weapons, guns, yeah. yeah. But they're like, no, 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 never mind. Wait, what is the culturally appropriate thing that I should have? Because he's uh, wearing like a three-piece suit. Yeah, where is he? He only brought a machete. machete. <laughs> so infuriated. Oh, because he well, he had the machete because he was gonna chop off a woman's arm. Okay, right. You know, you Africans can shoot off an arm. I just don't. <laughs> It was impractical. Yes. No one would ever bring a machete to. A I mean, but like I mean, that. it's the suggestion that like these people are so primitive yeah. that they this is are gonna, they they're going to chop off limbs. And yeah. it's like well, and also like right before that fight when they capture the femme fatale girlfriend, it's like that is such an old image of like black men taking these yeah. virginal white girls and like 
oh no, yeah. James Bond has to rescue this virginal white girl who later tries to kill him. Yeah. Uh, and and then he, you know, murders two black men and it's fine because he sucks their blood off of Eva Green's fingers. Hated that. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, so in that weird. scene when they're ruining very expensive clothes and he's, he's like, he sits down next to her, he puts his arm around her. Did she ask for that? Whatever. Okay. But then he's yeah. like, Oh, like I'll make it better, and he sucks on her fingers in yeah. that weird way. I'm like, and then he says oh. better, and she's like, "Yeah." <laughs> she's like rocking back and forth, like having a like a uh. a fit, and then he's just like, "Let me just." Lick she's on having you. a full on. I mean, but to be fair, that was one of the only reactions in the movie that made sense. I'm like, she is an accountant. <laughs> she did not sign up to watch two men die right. by someone she doesn't know that well. Yeah. Like, it's, oh, God. Uh, uh, we're all over the back place. To, back to Solange. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I just, yeah, that character, she's not around for very long. Um, and then how does she die? She- so here's what happens. Basically, Bond uses her to get information from her on her husband. Which she knows. By, That's like Yeah, she mentions that while yeah. they're right. like, making She's, out. She's like, yeah. And then they're dry humping on the floor. <laughs> In another very 2006 dress. Yes. Yeah. It's like that weird sort of sateen. Not satin exactly, but like this shiny thing that's supposed to hang on you, I guess. If it gets wet, it's right. ruined forever. Yeah. Yeah. Like that kind of. So he invites her to his room. She, for reasons that don't make any sense, agrees to it, I guess, because it's implied. Yeah. She's like this horny housewife whose husband doesn't love her enough or something. Yeah. Right. And then he uses her and then like orders some champagne and caviar for her. For and then her. like, peace. And then he says bye. And then she he doesn't gets, say bye. He never no, he says doesn't. bye. Yeah. He just he runs just, out. Like while she goes to the bathroom, he's like, yeah, uh, send caviar and champagne. Okay, cool. Uh, wait, what? No, for one. Just for one. And then yeah. he disappears. Yeah. She's also, I, I don't know like what background it's implied that she's from, but I felt like she was like pretty exoticized. Oh, yeah. Uh, like right. the way her character was treated. Like she just can't help herself. She has to have sex with with Daniel right. Craig. And there's that whole, this exchange did make me laugh where she, it's just so like James Bond cheesy where she's like, I had so many chances to be happy. So many nice guys. Why, Why can't nice say? guys be more like you? And then he says, because then they'd be bad. Oh. I was like, oh, he's, he went there. Oh, oh, gee whiz. And then so the next scene we see her in, she is a dead body. She's dead. Yeah. In a hammock. Uh, in a hammock, like tangled up in a hammock because uh, Lashif's people had her killed for talking to Bond and giving him any information. Right. I think it's it was Lashif's people. Yeah. It's hard to tell. There seems to be a lot of bad guys in this movie. It's so cool. And it's like the fact that in 2006, they're like, no, that still has to be a core element of these stories. There's so many ways he could have gotten that information. A uh, woman didn't need to die for it. Right. Yeah. He is a spy. Like he, yeah. he can just he follow the guy around. Oh, yeah. But the fact that he, he used... Good spies the... aren't horny. <laughs> <laughs> he u- yeah, he, he uses a woman to get information that he easily could have gotten somewhere else. Yeah. And Just based so on his he... personal history, he should be more concerned for her safety. <laughs> right. Every but... woman you've slept with dies. You should figure that out. Yeah. yeah. He, well, I mean, that's That's a, a you problem. Bond, uh, he sees women as being disposable. Mm. So um, we got to take another quick break, but we'll come back and talk about more of the, the ladies. La, la, la. <laughs> Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. 
This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Oh, that's still right. Yeah. I keep being really nervous. I'm going to slip into Mission Impossible by accident. I get that. I was so afraid when we started. I was like, oh, no, it's the wrong one. (laughs) I mean, it's confusing. Also, they work for MI6, not to be confused with Mission Impossible Impossible. 6. Oh, yeah. God, there's such a different movie where what if they had really just jumped the shark with the Daniel Craig franchise and they're like, no, his dick gets cut off. (laughs) And now we've got eunuch Jimmy Bobo out here navigating the world without a penis, probably being way better at his job. (laughs) I think that... He can hack into M's house and computer. He clearly has access to do all of these things. He does not need to fuck these women to get this stuff. His dick is really what's holding him back from being an exceptional spy. And (laughs) honestly, I think that's true of a lot of people. (laughs) 
if we could just get no, like not all the dicks i'm not crazy like but sure some of the dicks would help people achieve their fullest we need more just some clarity i mean yeah. horniness in general if if people were less horny imagine what we could we need accomplish. to neuter more people need to be neutered this is, is my 2020 platform <laughs> like for a less horny future yeah please elect me in i think office. i think the biggest flaw of this movie is that Q is not present and Q of course is oh, yeah. his friend who comes in that. later who makes like gadgets and stuff for him who is played by Ben Wishaw yes. aka Paddington so Woo. he's got like flopsy hair yeah he's looking mm. yeah. cute he's a cutie pie he's like every guy I dated in grad school <laughs> it's perfect mm. thinner than me but I have to live with that in my brain yeah it's great oh my god so moving on to the the femme fatale, we don't know that much about her, including her name. I don't. Do we even ever learn her ever name on screen? It. I don't think so. There, and she's credited as being named Valenka, but I'm assuming oh. that's because she has a name in the book. Okay, because I don't think we ever hear it on screen. Got right. it. She is the first time you see a woman on screen in the whole movie. I believe it's around 19 minutes into the film. When she comes out. She of the walks water. through she, the room. Yeah. yeah. She's like, she, there's like a male gaze shot where she's like, she's popped out of the water she's wearing a Mm -hmm. swimsuit she's drenched and then uh she climbs onto this yacht and then she like walks through a poker game and the number of times people walk through poker (laughs) games like that's cool is insane to me like it's so soaking wet there this is a mega yacht okay you could go to (laughs) another floor you don't have to do this in front of everyone like so weird and her crossing that room just starts out a scene of that poker right we could just cut straight to the poker game we don't need to see a woman getting out of the water and then like toweling off as like but it's it's just like we haven't had a james bond movie in four years people forget (laughs) what bikinis are they forget what objectification feels like and we have to remind them Yeah, I don't know. And then she's later, there's that moment uh, with the two men that James Bond eventually kills, who I don't think are named either. Are they named? The two African? Yeah, the yeah. Ugandan. Yeah. Machete and not machete. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's like captured by them and we're supposed to be like, we have to save this virginal white girl. Right. But then it turns out the twist is women are bad. <laughs> yeah. And she tries to poison him. And then she uh, dies as well, doesn't she? Um, where does her story leave off? She's around, I think, when they're, like, cutting a hole in the chair to put James Bond in. I think, doesn't she leave, lead Vesper off into another room I or think something? so. Mm-hmm. So if she does die, it happens off screen and okay. it's implied that we yeah. don't really know for sure. But if she is with them as Vesper's being tortured, it's implied that all the people, except for Vesper, get killed. Yeah. So yeah. if she dies, it happens off screen, but... You know, but she can assume that she might die. She's a she's not even a particularly like interesting or good femme fatale, but she's no. there. Well, because she's only on screen for maybe a combined total of two minutes. Yeah. like yeah. she's hardly in the. She movie. doesn't have any lot. Like she doesn't even get like a cool catchphrase. Like no, you got like Femke Jansen would like say like some nonsense after like. <laughs> Pussy killing someone. Like, she right. would say something cool, and you're like, oh, wow, that what? She's nutty. Like, <laughs> there was something there, but this was just like, she silently poisons people. Right. She, I think oh, she says one line like I'm sorry She's, she says oh, classic, I'm sorry classic woman line yeah. you get one line and it is you apologizing <laughs> she's apologizing to the chief because I guess she knew the bad guys were there in the room and because like, like right after that they yeah. attack him so I guess 
it's implied that she knew that they were about to attack him or that like like, she sold him out or something. I don't quite know. But yeah, we see so little of her that it it's like can't make heads or tails of anything. Because they always show her back. Right. Right. Keep showing it. But she's there to be, I don't know, like, I mean, clearly this franchise has no regard for women whatsoever. (laughs) But, like, not, I mean, I guess Vesper kind of ends up to be a, a similar thing of, like, she's not what you thought she's duplicitous and like she's you know she's fooling you she's lying mm-hmm. to you all women are deceitful above all uh, <laughs> because they want your money and they want your penis and they want to yeah. you know like all this shit um so that's Valen- Valentin's yeah, yeah. too so uh, just to recap uh we see her sexualized we see her being brutalized she poisons uh, our hero mm-hmm. and then it's implied that she dies yeah so, um, which is the exact cool. same thing as Solange minus the poisoning. She is yeah. sexualized. She is brutal as she yeah. is murdered. Let's talk Vesper. Okay. She's not like the other uh, girls that Vesper. Okay. She's, she's an only accountant. been working for four years. Like she, I'm sorry. <laughs> it made me so mad when I found out that she was only 26 and I'm like, he, the way he nags her at the beginning where he's like, you wear mannish clothes and you try to act tough and that's why you're not promoted. And I'm like, prom- like, in the four years since college, right? Like <laughs> she's already being put in charge of ten million dollars. I think yeah. she's doing all she's right. She's doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> Let's unpack that scene where they meet each other because yes. there's so much of. I wasn't expecting a scene like that. I hated it, but. Um, <laughs> From the reviews that I read at the time, this is supposed to be like, it's one of the only two times James Bond, quote unquote, falls in love in any of the movies ever. I guess it happens in one other movie in the late 60s, but she is killed after they get married. Um, and then he goes back to being an asshole. But this is, uh, Vesper is the only other woman he like actually falls in love with and possibly considers quitting the swinging dick lifestyle. <laughs> so this is supposed to be like, James, but Jimmy Boba finally meets his match. Right. Yeah. And there's just like, it's such corny dialogue where he's like, your beauty is a problem. You worry you won't be taken seriously. And then she says, which one could say of any woman with half a brain? Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, yes, queen. <laughs> and, then, and then he's like, true. Or what is he, he says, like you were saying, can he's overly masculine clothing, uh, more aggressive than her female colleagues, which gives her a sort of prickly demeanor. And ironically enough, makes it less likely she'll be respected and promoted by her male superiors who mistake her blah, blah, blah. Insecure. For arrogance, yeah. right? And then she looks at him like, "You've got me." Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Oh, you're right. The fact that I have any confidence is a game. Is and I'm, yeah. Ugh, gross. But then she like turns it back on him because he's. Yeah. Th- this whole scene serves to be like, "Look how good I am at poker. I'm so good at reading people." So he's yeah, like right. reading her, and then she turns it right back on him. She's like, "Well, you're an orphan who wears suits that look like shit." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was cool to yeah. see. <laughs> you wear it with such disdain. Yeah. And then he looks at her like, "Oh, perhaps Jimmy Bobo has met his match." <laughs> and then she's just like, "I'm not gonna fuck you. Nice ass though." And he's like, right. "Thank you." <laughs> just before that, she said. She's like, MI6 looks for maladjusted young men who give little thought to sacrificing others in order to protect queen and country. And then a little bit later, she says, you think of women as disposable pleasures rather than Mm -hmm. meaningful pursuits. I don't think women should be looked at as meaningful pursuits either. But um, But it's like that was the sort of line where I was like, heart in the right place. Right. But again, it feels this is one of many examples that we see of like 
the woman character who we're supposed to like saying something that is vaguely feminist, but it feels so empty yeah, because of yeah. everything else that happens in the movie. It's major lip So service. it's like, right, because she's calling attention to him, like his habitual mistreatment of women, but then... With kind of like a nod and a wink to this entire misogynist franchise. Right. Remember how you used to literally punch women in the face? (laughs) Right. But then the movie still treats women like shit. So it means nothing. It just has to get, Uh, you know, sneakier. And then she's like, yeah, you have a hot ass, though. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, like, thanks for noticing. And in the car ride to the hotel, they're talking about how they have adjoining rooms. And she's like... I'm not gonna have to worry about you, and that just like you're not gonna have to worry about him coming into your room tonight. Is that you have to ask him? <laughs> like you have to be right, like, like, hey, again, not, it's like you're not gonna rape me, are you? Mm. <laughs> right. Again, it's like she's an accountant. Yeah. That is, this is yeah. such a crazy concern for an accountant to have. Yes, on a trip. And he's like, like this. no, you're not my type. Not that I'm morally opposed to going into your room, but it's right. just right. you're you're single, so gross. Like, <laughs> right? Because she goes smart, and he goes single. single. Yeah. I was like, oh, so you're a bad person. Yeah, cool. <laughs> And uh, then, he's like, I'm a bad person. I'm not a rapist, though. <laughs> um, great. Right. And then because of this weird, who who knows who made the choice that she has to go from being an accountant to a spy who's undercover and in love with him to like. And has to be his t- girlfriend. Right. Because heteronormativity. Dench? I was like, who would be the one to right. make this call? Would it be Judy Dench? I, I don't, I guess. Whose jurisdiction is this yeah. in? <laughs> but that happens and it's, and we've already discussed that that's ludicrous but then he uses that excuse to take a lot of liberties with her body surprise kissing her Mm -hmm. groping at her she is like resisting a a lot of the time at first and he's still just like we have to maintain this cover that you're in love with me i immediately broke upon entering this hotel what are you talking about (laughs) which is so not necessary i mean it's like just so not necessary to yeah. his success in this poker game uh, right. to I'll be like yeah. forcing himself on this woman he just met. I uh, guess the idea is like, well, you're a woman who is attractive conventionally, so I'm going to use you to distract the other players so that right. I can win. Yeah. So and he- then it's like, again, kind of like you were saying, Caitlin, there's like these empty like, well, she has his, she's, she's got his number too, where he brings in that dress. He's like, you're going to wear this dress. You're going to kiss my neck. And then she's like, well, I got you a jacket. A dinner jacket. They're dinner right. jackets and they're dinner jackets. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then that's like the empty like, oh no, she's not powerless in this situation. She bought him a jacket. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. But that's the thing with her character is that like she, yeah, she always has like a rebuttal or she's like, your jacket sucks. I sized you up the moment I saw you. Mm. And the idea that the movie is putting forward is that like, ooh, he's met his match. All other women are lame and stupid, but she's not like the other girls, and she can like match his wits yeah. and his whole right. thing. I mean, they're and all the... lame and stupid, but you have to throw your your dick in there. You have you to. Have to oh, you have to <laughs> throw like, your yeah, dick, just, detach it from your body, and it, launch it. In. Launch it, yeah. <laughs> there and ultimately, with with her, it's it sucks because it's just like with with these characters. Even when you're given this empty feminist, like it reminded me of that thing we talked about all the time, where like women in action movies get to do one thing, and everyone's yeah. like, "Wow, look at her go, go girl." power right but it's like empty and means nothing yeah. and it's just to like throw the sjw's off yeah. <laughs> but we're not thrown off there uh she but she like ultimately she has no motivation outside of establishing a domestic life with james bond 
because right. after all this stuff happens, she, I mean, and it's like we find out she's a double agent, but we're led to believe, like, we don't know what her ambition in life is. It seems like she's got a pretty powerful job that she can apparently just leave. Yeah. Right. Um, she took and go on a boat in Venice. She for seems a like a, a high ranking money manager yeah. for England, but she's just like, no, you're going to like. Be my basically be my husband, and you know pulls him away and and takes on this nurturing role for him. Where there's that weird line where she was like, "If you were just a smile and a f- little finger, I'd still fuck you." And he's like, <laughs> he's "That like, finger what? does fucked up stuff." And <laughs> it's like, "Are you gonna finger her with your pinky or like <laughs> rub yes. her clit? I did like, it. what do you? I did picture what it. Do you, what do you do with a pinky finger? What if you sexually? just had a smile like, and, and a pinky? <laughs> They're like connected." and they just go to town. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just she's ultimately like we don't know anything about her. The logistics of her character are paid. There's no attention. We don't know what she wants in life right. other than to be hanging out with James Bond. Well, I would argue that she is all three things. She is also a femme fatale and also a sacrificial lamb. Because they kill her. Because she sacrifices herself yeah. in, by drowning herself in the elevator. When she did not is, need to do that. Right. <laughs> and she's a femme fatale because she like double-crossed yeah. Bond and like fucks him over. So she's kind of like all three of those roles by the end. So it's because she's like that femme fatale type, we don't know... Like, did she love him or was that just all part of like the ruse? Yeah. And then it's like ultimately it's like a double punch in the stomach of it's then revealed that no, her real motivation was to save a different guy yeah. who you've never met mm-hmm. and never will. And we just needed to kill her or get rid of her because women never come back for a second movie. Yeah. So she has yeah. to. And it's it looks like that's not like the Bond girl doesn't always die, but it's not out of the question Yeah, because it's just canonically women don't come back yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Daniel Craig gets a million paychecks. We talked about that on the Mission Impossible episode too so if you want more discussion on you know yeah. disposable women but the man keeps the his the core of men get to keep coming back yeah. but the ladies you never see him again. single use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's a, a scene where she's like coming on to him aggressively in like whatever hospital like very fancy hospital oh, yeah. he's like recovering in where you yeah. can fuck in yeah, yeah. right and, yeah the sexy hospital yeah. and he's like oh you used to hate me and she's like i'm afraid i'm a complicated woman and he's like oh that is something to be afraid of well, like, oh wow okay okay oh i'm tired yeah <laughs> it's unfortunate um, i mean i feel like yeah for 2006 i think that unfortunately this was an attempt at a more empowered bond girl but i mean it's like but if you looked at but compared to the others it's like they're like look he doesn't hit her (laughs) and he doesn't like treat her like she's the stupidest person in the world so it's like unfortunately and bond heads leap into our swan dive into our mentions (laughs) it seems like for this particular like very toxic franchise this would be progress progress, but But they abandoned that because in the specter he's dating someone who's like 22 years younger than him like he's because the whole movie i was like oh good maybe either she'll find out that like that's her dad or she's the daughter of someone who's very close to him but yeah and i'm like there's no way they're gonna oh they oh so they're gonna this no absolutely not this is this is why 
Spectre is the bottom one. It's not good. Oh, gosh. Also, the Mathis character is, like, constantly explaining to Vesper what's happening in the poker game. yeah. And that is obviously there because the audience if you're not familiar with poker like there needs to be like expository dialogue to be like oh here's what the bet is or here's how this is going to play out but like why not make vesper the one who knows poker who's the one who's like give her her a thing it makes sense she's an accountant she's a numbers person like it would make sense that she would know she might know poker and that's why she would be able to say with authority no I'm not going to give you this additional five million dollars because I know how this should be played and I understand it and you don't have the ability to carry this off and I know that that would make her better but no she doesn't know anything because women can't know anything it's always the men who know the stuff and the reason she denies him the money is connected to that same through line of just her being flippant towards james bond and that's how she's the match for him because she won't give him whatever he wants right away she will make him wait as many as two minutes (laughs) uh, to give him exactly what he wants uh there's that scene where he's arguing with her and she's like i'm not gonna you're a bloody arrogant wanker (laughs) and then he's like you're a bloody idiot screams at her for being an idiot because she won't give him money that he is constantly yeah, hemorrhaging. Yeah, he's bleeding, yeah. <laughs> so, it's, very cool. Yeah. Also, the men in this story are commenting on her looks constantly. I yeah. hate M- Mathis or whatever. Yeah. Like, A, he's like talking to James Bond like she isn't there for when they're having this introductory mm-hmm. meeting. And then he's like, oh, sometimes the money, and he like touches her shoulder in this weird way and like clearly is like, I'm straight up looking at your boobs right now. I'm not hiding it. And I'm I'm seeing your pretend man. I'm looking in his eyes, letting him know that I'm looking at your tits. Like it's right. or the, crazy. Uh, yeah, the program is like, uh, I would tell you you're beautiful, but everybody's still staring at you. Yeah. And she's like, thanks. And so you're like, they're at Ew. work. This is their job. Yeah. They're at work and they're still just like, you're so pretty. <laughs> like that is not appropriate. <laughs> workplace uh the last the last thing i wanted to talk about was uh judy dench's yes. character this seems to be one of the only things this movie does that is like i think unequivocally right because this was a character who's always played by a man who mm. it's like but now it's judy dench i liked that a lot um i guess that m jimmy bobo's boss <laughs> yes. jimmy bobo's bobo uh was previously played by john houston david niven Edward Fox, Bernard Lee, Robert Brown, and Ralph Fiennes. Oh. Or Ray Fiennes plays it now. Ray Fiennes, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because Skyfall, because, you know, she... Oh shit! I forgot. Yeah, so he's he's playing it now, but so he's not in the mix at this time. He's not he, in the mix at this time. He, but Judy Dench was also M in some of the Pierce Brosnan ones. Oh, so okay. she's she's carried through. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. That part for me was cool. It's like she is, even though there's like not a lot of things of substance that happens in the yeah. scene. She does know who caused nine eleven. She doesn't seem worried about it. Uh, she. It is not that important. But uh, they like, never tell the American spy like, oh hey, BT Dubs. Um, right. right. I was just like, <laughs> Hey, that like, thing that happened in your country not so long ago. I feel like you should know right. that. I was like, damn, people in Britain are... Yeah. <laughs> they're still holding on to a grudge from like 300 years ago. They're like, yeah, we know who caused 9-11, but we're not going to tell them. <laughs> Here was my thing with M is that... So she assumes this kind of like tropey boss role where she's like this stiff by the books mm-hmm. boss who doesn't like our hero's methods because they're a little unorthodox. Of course. But then because he gets results 
she's meant to look kind of like wrong and foolish for not believing in him. So she's like, oh, we have to do things by the rules. And he's like, no, I'm too cool for that. I'm going to do things my way. And then she's like, you were right. So like, I feel like she's kind of made out to like, look a little like, hey, you should be more lenient with your stuff. You're too stuffy Uh, over there, Judy. So that was my main thing with M. Well, and she's also constantly advising. I do think the character is written to be more of a female character, mm-hmm. just the way she communicates with him. And she's also constantly advising him to repress his emotions. Yeah. <laughs> Where she, I don't know. I'm just like, I did, did, the, did the male versions of this character talk this much about uh, emotional compartmentalization? Yeah. Doesn't seem like uh, <laughs> something that James Bond's male boss would be, but she brings it up like two or three All times. The, yeah, of like. Yeah, like, yeah, you need to, you know, you need to be sure that, you know, you're keeping your emotions down. I don't think you'll have a problem with that, though. And he's like, no way. Never yep, felt I fucked her. Thing. I looked at her dead. It doesn't matter. I don't care about any of this, is <laughs> and, what he was saying at that moment. And then she's like, okay, 9-11, see you later. <laughs> you're like, no. Dark. Oh, yeah. She was. Also, Dark. if you can hear, like, banging happening on this recording, we don't know what it's from, but <laughs> sorry <laughs> about it. We're all doing our best. It's the metronome of life. Yeah. Yeah. The heartbeat of the earth. (laughs) I guess my final thoughts for this movie or this whole franchise, this whole thing, is that these movies go to great lengths to be like, look how freaking cool James Bond is. He dresses well. He's charming. He's classy. He's very good at betting women. He drives cool cars. He wears cool watches. He says quippy lines and he holds guns. Yeah. And he's good. He's good at fighting. So the male audience who these movies are targeted toward are seeing this and they're gobbling it up. They're like, oh, this is how you be cool uh, by mistreating women and dressing good? All right, I'll do that. I mean, this is like one of the seminal examples of like how young men, because it's like the movies like this are are targeted at horny uncles, but also boys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, where it's just like, this is like a blueprint and it's like the further you go back in this franchise, the worse and worse it gets. But even if you're a young boy that sees something like this, it's just like, it just hardwires your brain all sorts of fucked up ways and I would I mean it's like if you were to guess like what are the top five film franchises that wire boys brains the wrong way on how to treat women Mm -hmm. I would say this this would be there top one of them yeah and it's going strong baby it is going strong and there was also a new one they're making a new I think this is Daniel Craig's last one yes this is Swan Song uh, there was uh, worth saying last year uh, there was a James Bond producer where I think that there was some like they were like who's going to take over for Daniel Craig maybe we'll get a black James Bond maybe we'll get a female James Bond and the producers were like you will not get a female James Bond yeah. ever <laughs> like it was they they were very close I we, need, we need not a Jamie we- Bond not we need we need a Jamie Bond. Yeah. First of all, I'm very strong, uh. um, and I fuck constantly, <laughs> and it does ruin. It makes me worse at my job when, when I when I fuck. Uh, so I think that there's a lot there. I also I'm just like I'm sort of over uh, all female reboots of uh, fundamentally flawed franchises. Sure. Ooh. But the fact that they were just like, nope, fuck you, no way. Yeah. You're like, well, now I kind of want it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, any other final thoughts? Um. 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I have been in love with Mads Mikkelsen for a long time. Sure. Mm. It is part of the reason why I was like, uh, we have to all see this. I'm making all of my friends come to this movie that is, you're right, Jamie. I did not realize how fucking long it was. They're already in Montenegro, and I'm like, oh, there's got to be like, what, like 25 minutes? There's another hour and eight minutes to the film. <laughs> yes. I was shocked that it was as long as it was. Two and a half hours long. It's yeah. crazy. over the top. They could have cut most of the scenes where... Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> where he's doing something. Um, I am asthmatic, and I hate that they villainize asthma in this movie. Oh yeah, because he's like he's like sinister, like in his shaking of his inhaler and using it. And I'm like, okay, some of us just can't breathe that well, and I don't think that that has to be a sign that we're bad people. Yeah, I was very upset by the representation of, his, of Demonizing asthma. Demonizing asthma is unacceptable. Yeah. I actually, I had, I had one question for the room. Sure. Do you both think that a feminist version of the James Bond character is possible? I mean, it would have to be, it would have to like disrupt basically everything we know about James Bond because yes. the, one of the main things that's known about him is that he is a womanizer. So right. like you got to strip that whole identity from him. Well, I think that there's a way, I I think that there's a way that he can still, like you can have a lot of sex and be not a feminist. Yeah. Like right. it's like, I think that there's a way that he could hook up with a bunch of women and treat them with respect. <laughs> sure. People do it all the time. Not enough, but it's been done. <laughs> I feel like it could, it would have to be, almost in the way that like, I feel like there's a number of horror films now where a character something that happened when they were a child or something comes back and they're like, well, we were kids and oh, I didn't, but I didn't, you would mm. have to have something that makes him confront like, oh, and like just, I would love it if it was like pictures of all the women that he slept with who were dead. And it's like, you're toxic. And he's like being like, he's like being tortured, but like also being forced to see like, hey, you've like all these things that you've done. Maybe mm -hmm. this isn't the mission. Like, da -da -da -da. I would love for James, to for there to be a major component of a James, but maybe like, the movie after Daniel Craig, he takes a good, long, hard look at himself. Yes! <laughs> I, I want it. I don't think that, I mean, and again. They're never going to do that, but I would love to mm. see it. It would be so good. Like, they're, again, I have very little knowledge of this franchise, but just based on, like, the fact that the character has changed over time, and he still doesn't treat women well, but treat them differently. Mm -hmm. Like, it seems like this is a malleable character. The actor changes. It's like, it seems like there may, there's a, at least, if we're never going to get a female James Bond, whatever. Yeah. I don't even want that. I mm -hmm. want a woman to have her own franchise. But there seems like there's a version of this character that could still drink, fight, and fuck yeah. and not be horrible to women. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see. Mr. Hollywood, <laughs> yeah. if you're listening. <laughs> I mean, sorry, just real quick. In Skyfall, there is a character who has to pay for the consequences of how MI6 operates and how, not whatever group they're in. Like MI6, the dub, yeah. Yeah, what it, who does have to answer for that. And it's not James Bond, it's Judi Dench. Like, right. So she has to deal with the consequences of like this lifestyle, what it means, because someone's like, hey, here's a mirror to like what you guys actually do. But yeah, it doesn't affect James Bond at all. <laughs> he doesn't change. He still fucks around. Yeah. He still Heck. takes actions that He's like destroy city blocks and kill <laughs> millions of brown people. But right. like, who cares, you know? Oh, man. Dumb. Well, I'm holding out hope for James Bond ally. <laughs> holding out hope. I mean, if we get Idris Elba as is 
often discuss. He's yeah. too busy doing his HBO DJ show. <laughs> what? He's oh, it dropped. I haven't seen it yet. I won't. My boyfriend watched it, but there's an Idris Elba DJ show on HBO. Anyways, this might be his ballers. <laughs> where oh, it's just God. like famous actor gets shitty HBO show for no reason. Uh. Love it. <laughs> Anyways, oh. Idris Elba, I would yeah, he would be incredible. Yes, indeed. Um, does this movie pass the Bechdel test? No. <laughs> no. It doesn't even come close. Women do not even interact or I think we're even in the same scene. There's one scene where he's like, uh, it's not Mr. Beach or whatever. It's Mr. Bond. And he's talking to a hotel receptionist. Oh, yeah. She is not talking to the hotel receptionist. She doesn't resume talking until they walk away from that other woman. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. They can't actually see each other. No. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. It's not Mr. But it's Mr. Bond. That's my favorite line in the movie. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, women don't even uh, know each other yeah, in no. this movie. Nope. Well, how many uh, nipples would we give this movie's treatment of women? I'm going to go with a zero. Yep. <laughs> yeah, zero. Yeah. I'm right. going to go with a zero as well. All right. Yeah. I will go with half okay. of a nipple. Okay. All of which goes to Judy Dench because she, like, when I was a kid, I was like, she's the cool, she's the one in that's, charge. She tells everybody what to yeah. do. They all do it. That's true. Okay. I. I will also give a half nipple. All right. I'm going to stick with zero. (laughs) I will, for Judy and and for the baldest woman being in charge and that rule being abided by, I will give a half a nipple. Everything else was bullshit, though. (laughs) Indeed. Kanice, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I listen to the show. I love oh it. Oh my gosh, we thank you. you. And listen to uh, if you're if you're on our Matreon. I loved our Back to the Future episode. And if you're fun. not on our Matreon, what Get are you there. doing? Yeah, <laughs> grow Jeez, up. Sign up. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kanice, where can people follow you online? Is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, they can follow me on all of the platforms at Kanice Mobley. It's K E N I C E M O B L E Y. And I have a podcast called Love About Town where we are very dumb and we joke about sex and dating and relationships. Cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. You can follow us on all the platforms at Bechtelcast. You can subscribe to that Matreon that has all those good episodes that you're dying to hear. Two bonus episodes a month for five bucks. Damn good Incredible. special. So go to patreon.com slash Bechtelcast to do that. Uh, you can go to our merch store. It's tpublic.com slash thebechtelcast and get all of our our awesome designs, all designed by our very own James Loftus. Jimmy, yes. You're very, our <laughs> Jimmy Bobo. <laughs> and, um, do, 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 Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters 
every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.